Today we are talking all about estrogens and estrogen dominance and how it occurs and what it does to your body. So let's dive into the information. First, let's go over what estrogen is. So, hey, ladies, you have it. Guys, you have a little bit too. And we're gonna go over those values. Estrogen is needed. It's, it's, it's part of our world. It's part of our bodies. It raises when we are pregnant to protect our babies. It keeps us out of menopause. So in menopause, estrogen is the main hormone that just plummets, just goes in the basement. And then we have an estrogen deficiency, which is almost as bad as an estrogen excess, quite frankly, you don't want either. But we're going to talk about why you do need it and what it does if it's too much and what if it does if it's too much and you're getting it from exogenous sources that are basically fake estrogens. So as I said, estrogen, it's one of the female hormones, but men, you have it too, very low quantities. So in women, you're going to look at roughly around 20 to 400 nanograms per deciliter, depending on where you are in your cycle and in your stage of life. So obviously in menopause, we're going to see that drop low and stay low. I like to test women in the cycle. If you know your cycle, you can guess at your cycle. Really days 20 to 22 is when we want to test estrogen to see where it is in its optimal state when you are in that day 20 to 22. But between 20 and 400 nanograms per deciliter, above that, that's a red flag that you are in estrogen dominance. Now, another way to tell whether or not you are estrogen dominant is to take the ratio of your estrogen to progesterone. So I've been seeing a lot of my patients lately who are even in their 30s, 40s, early 40s with progesterone levels that of a postmenopausal woman and estrogen still hanging out in the 500s, 400s, or maybe it will even come into range and it'll be 300, but their their progesterone is less than 0.5. So that is still a state of estrogen dominance. We really want a one to 20 ratio of estrogen to progesterone, progesterone and estrogen rather. And in men, you should really be around 20. So think about that. Women, 20 to 400. Men, you should be around 20. So men, if you're coming in at 200, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. That means you have too much female hormone in your body. And this will cause, it will definitely cause gynecomastia or man boobs. It will cause excess weight gain. It will decrease your testosterone. So ladies and gentlemen, testosterone will drop if your estrogen is high. It's like a seesaw. It's a balance. So estrogen goes up, testosterone goes down. Men, you know why you need testosterone. So it makes you a guy. You need it for your libido. You need it for your sex drive. You need it for energy. You need it for motivation. Even just that motivation to go do anything, let alone hit the gym and pound some weights and grow your muscle. Your muscle mass will definitely decline as your fat mass increases with low testosterone levels and high estrogen levels. Estrogen is stored in the body fat. So men, you're walking around with those beer bellies. You're walking around with excess body fat. You have high estrogen levels. That's pushing down your testosterone. You are in a vicious cycle. 
that estrogen is literally stored within our body fat, men and women. But men, we see it in your beer bellies and we see you continuing to gain weight, gain weight, gain weight. And it's that estrogen being released from your fat stores. It's stored in high amounts. You have much too high of a level. It's pushing down your testosterone. You're losing muscle mass. You're putting on body fat and you're just in this cycle. You also may find that you're a little bit more sensitive. You're a little bit more emotional. Maybe you're a little bit more moody because your estrogen is high and your testosterone is low. Ladies, you too. Definitely more moody. You're crying at commercials with puppies and children. Your testosterone is low, so you have no desire to have sex. Your libido is in the toilet. You cannot gain muscle, but you can gain fat really easy because think about it. When you were pregnant or if you've never been pregnant, if you were supposed to be pregnant, if you chose to not have children, that's okay. But if you were to get pregnant, estrogen would go up. That's what happens. What happens when we're pregnant? Breast tissue grows. We, our fat stores grow up. We don't become obese, but our fat stores go up. Our adipose tissue increases. And this is all a survival mechanism manufactured by God to protect our bodies and feed our babies. When we were out in the wilderness and maybe it got cold, maybe food wasn't abundant, your baby could survive because your fat stores went up. And your body could literally feed your baby off of those fat stores. So that's what estrogen does. So ladies, if your testosterone is low, that's not good. Estrogen high, not good at all. The other thing that we're finding with high estrogen levels, and this is more where the xenoestrogen, the fake estrogens come in, because they will do the same thing. They'll increase our, our breast tissue. And in men, that's where you get the man boobs. They will increase our fat stores that will stay. Those fat stores will then hold on to more estrogen, creating a more estrogen dominant state. You can see where this is a problem. And then it increases our breast cancer risk. So when we are exposed to all of the fake estrogens out there, they're literally causing our body to think that it's an estrogen and that fake estrogen will bind to the estrogen receptor site, raising your estrogen level, decreasing your testosterone level, causing all the same problems of estrogen dominance, but it's not natural. It's not like you're pregnant. It's not like your body's responding to, to protect your baby that isn't even there. It is responding, but in a negative way. So you're growing excess breast tissue, you're increasing your risk of breast cancer, and you are putting on body fat left and right. So the fake estrogens we're seeing more and more of, they're toxins. They're toxins acting like estrogen. One of the big ones is BPA. You've probably heard this ad nauseum. We're going to go over it again. So BPA, bisphenol A, mainly found in plastics. And the marketing that you will see right now is BPA free. Well, the problem with that is there's BPA. S, there's BPF, uh, there's BPAF. So as long as the manufacturers are not using BPA, they are allowed to claim that it is BPA-free. They're still using a bisphenol product. They're still using a chemical that acts like an estrogen in your body and raises your estrogen levels. So that's the big one, BPA. It is found in so many products. So 
just because you carry around an aluminum water bottle or a stainless steel, I should say, a Yeti, a stainless steel thermos bottle like I do, or just because you bought all glass Tupperware and you replaced all of your plastic Tupperware and you're saying, I don't microwave my food in plastic anymore, that does not mean that you are free from exposure of BPA. You have to look at your entire environment. You have to look at what, did you just get a new rug? Did you just get new furniture? What else is in your house? What's in your workplace? Are you grabbing receipts? Of course, we all go to the store, we grab receipts. Well, are you a cashier and you're grabbing receipts all day long? Might want to think about some gloves because there's BPA in those receipts and a lot of it. And it is absorbed right through your skin. Phthalates is another one. This we find in so many different products, also connected to plastics. I mean, if you think about our world, everything is in plastic. So even when you're buying, and listen, it's an 80-20 rule. 80% you can control and do something about, and 20% you just can't control. And there's not much you're going to be able to do about it. So in that 20%, listen, I'm going to applaud you if you're buying the organic, paraben-free, all-natural body wash that doesn't contain a bunch of fragrance and parabens and um, formaldehyde, but it's in a plastic bottle. So we are still being exposed to plastics, to phthalates, to BPA, to an extent. But when you can make those 80% changes in your world, that's an 80% change in how your body's going to respond. When we're talking about weight, right? You're still struggling to lose weight, We're addressing your thyroid function, and believe me, estrogen affects thyroid too. We're going to talk about that. We have your thyroid, what looks to be optimized. We're checking out your your insulin, and you're not insulin resistant. Well, we have to look at your environment. What are you exposed to? What level of toxins are in your body, and how is it affecting your individual hormones? Excess soy and flaxseed. So there are, these are called phytoestrogens. They're plant-based estrogens. And, you know, for a while there, there was a really big kick where Dr. Oz and different articles that you found said, increase your intake of phytoestrogens to protect yourself from breast cancer. Well, there's a limit. So in flax alone, there is over 100,000 units of phytoestrogens as compared to nine in chickpeas, 100,000, nine. 100,000 is probably a little bit too much. So if you're using flaxseed once a week, fine. If you're using it every single day, you might want to cut that out. Yes, it's a good source of fiber. That's a whole nother topic in and of itself as to whether you need fiber. I've dropped fiber in many of my patients' diets who have gas and bloating and their digestion is greatly improved. That's a side note. Yes, I know that flax contains fiber. Yes, I know that you saw it on Dr. Oz that you should eat flaxseed, but I am telling you there are way, way, way too many phytoestrogens in there. Soy is extremely estrogenic. Nobody should be eating soy. If you want to use a little bit of soy sauce because you're going to get your favorite sushi, go ahead. But I do not want to see soy-based protein powders in your cupboard. I don't want you eating tofu. If you're a vegan, you might have a problem with this because you're not getting animal protein. You're relying on the Impossible Burgers, 
for your meat and the, and the faux chicken and tofu, and your estrogen level might be through the roof. I'll tell you a little story. This is oh, way back before I got into functional medicine. I want to say I was possibly my late teens, and I never had a problem with teenage acne, but it was right around that time. I don't know. I don't want to date myself, I guess, late 80s, early 90s, late 80s, that we were hearing, eat edamame, eat soy, eat tofu, do soy protein powder. And I was doing all of that because, you know, you hear something's good and you go, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I was doing all of that. And I broke out like a prepubescent teenager. I had acne over my face that I had never had before. And this had nothing to do with PCOS. This was way before that. This had everything to do with the fact that I was intaking way too much estrogen-based foods, like soy, way too much soy-based food. And that jacked my estrogen through the roof. My hormones went crazy and I broke out. So too much soy, not a good thing. Soy for thyroid patients, not at all. In fact, nobody. Nobody should be using soy-based products. You want to look for non-GMO products. You want to stay away from soy altogether unless you're using a little bit of soy sauce. And even with that, some people are very, very sensitive to soy. Some people can't even take the soy lecithin that's in chocolate. So some of you might have to stay away from it completely, almost like a celiac patient has to stay away from gluten. You might have to start reading labels. And some of you can get away with a little tiny bit of it, but not in excess. Where else are we finding it? So alcohol, back to those guys with the beer bellies, right? Beer has a mycoestrogen in it, meaning it's a mold estrogen. It's called xerolenone. And unfortunately, there is no regulation of xerolenone by the government in the US. There is regulation of xerolenone in Europe, And what we found is when Europe started clamping down and regulating this mycoestrogen, obesity levels went down. So obesity levels went down when Europe started banning and regulating xerolino. But we in the U.S. don't do it. Now, listen, I'm an America lover. I love being American. love my country. But we have it really wrong in many cases in the food industry. And we're going to go over some of those. In Canada, you're right there with us. You don't do much better up there. Things like even red food dye. Now, I'm I'm sidestepping right now. Red food dye, known to be a, a toxin to the brain. We have regulated the blue and the red food dye well, no, we haven't. Europe has. We know that blue and red food dye it has a direct correlation with increased risk of autism, developmental delays, brain delays, learning issues. Europe banned it using it. Here we are again, mycoestrogen, mold estrogen, xerolene, xerolenone. Banned in Europe, allowed here. Europe will actually ship animal feed here if there's, if there's too much. Um, xerolenone in the animal feed because they can't use it because it's banned. So they'll just ship it on over to the U.S. for us to use. So much better, right? Okay, another one, parabens. Parabens, if you flip over your 
Bath and Body Works or your Abaji cleanser. I know because I used to use Abaji. And then I decided to do a whole sweep of my, my, my bathroom and my products and look at all of them. And I turn it over and there's polyparaben, methylparaben, some other type of paraben. And I threw it out. It was like a $40 bottle of face wash. I threw it out. Parabens are absolutely horrible and they are absorbed through the skin. They're an endocrine disruptor. They are a xenoestrogen. They will raise your estrogen levels. They will put you into estrogen dominance. They will cause weight gain, I promise you, over time. And all of these xenoestrogens, they're not something that you're going to notice right off the bat. It's not like in three, four days, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, what's happening? I put on five pounds. It's going to be this gradual over time, what's going on with me, what's going on with my body thought process. Here's a big one. And I posted about this a while ago. I give all the credit in the world to Dr. Anthony J. He wrote the book, Estrogeneration. I highly recommend it. Grab a copy, listen to it on Audible. He opened my eyes to this. And there are studies documenting what he is saying. Lavender oil. I know, I know all of you young living and doTERRA people are hating me right now, but you have enough other oils that you can use. Lavender oil when used in excess. So you're diffusing it. You got your lavender scented body lotion. You're putting it on your pillow to sleep. That is actually raising estrogen levels. So what they actually found, six-month-old babies where the mothers were using a lavender-based product like baby wash or lotion, started to grow breast tissue. They had little breast nodules. And when they removed the lavender, they went away. Lavender oil needs to go to estrogenic. Atrazine. Atrazine is a chemical that's sprayed on grains. Again, it's legal in the US. It is banned in Europe. So that's why we always say do the grass-fed cows. So corn-fed cows are found to have 700,000 nanograms of atrazine in their blood. That's just in their blood. So, you know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, the chemicals are mainly found in the fat. So, you know, we we cut out the fat. We don't eat the fat. Now, if you're on a carnivore or keto diet, you're eating the fat. So you're getting that too. But this was actually found in their blood. So these are the corn-fed cows. It's sprayed on grains. Farmers love this stuff. It is highly estrogenic. Again, allowed in U.S., banned in Europe. And again, sorry, Ken, I think you're, you're just the same as us with the atrazine. So we talked about high estrogen dropping testosterone levels. We have to talk about it affecting thyroid function. So when we see estrogen dominance, even if ladies, even if you're not past that level, that um, uh, conventional standard lab value range of 400, even though you're not 450 or 500, remember if you're estrogen to progesterone ratio is off, you're still in estrogen dominance. So that will interfere with T4 to T3 conversion in most people. We want to get the estrogen levels down anyways in you because if you're a thyroid patient, you're already dealing with trouble losing weight, right? So that's the last thing you want is something else on top of that that's preventing your body from losing the weight that you so easily put on when your thyroid was all dysregulated. So we want to bring those estrogen levels down anyways across the board. We also want to bring them down if you are on any kind of T4 medication, which most of you are. So even if you're on NDT, we need that T4 to convert. We do not want any issues with T4 to T3 conversion. We want that to be a smooth process. There's enough that gets in the way already. 
we already have to look at your insulin levels. We have to look at your magnesium and your iodine and your selenium. There's so much we have to look at already. The last thing we want is to be battling high estrogen as the cause of your T4 to T3 conversion issues. So let's get that down. So things that we can do, things that we can do across the board, male, female, to lower that estrogen dominant state. So number one, in females, listen, if your progesterone is low, your practitioner, minor's practitioner will prescribe you progesterone, micronized progesterone, and taken nightly. Sometimes we use it 14 days out of the month. Sometimes we use it nightly. That will balance out and start to lower that estrogen dominant state. Now, sometimes we pair this up depending on your, on your level, right? Sometimes we will pair this up with a liver detox. I will put the link in the show notes as to which one to use. Liver detox is great because your estrogens are processing the liver. They can build up. So even as you are losing body fat, you can become more estrogen dominant because your body fat is breaking down, releasing estrogen. Has to be processed through the liver. We make sure that the liver is processing and filtering properly, doing a nice liver detox once, twice a year is the way to go, especially if you are in an estrogen dominant state right now. The other things we can use, indole-3-carbonyl, that's a nice kind of easy, it's found in cruciferous vegetables. I know you thyroid patients are saying, I can't eat cruciferous vegetables. Yes, you can, but they have to be cooked down. So now you're cooking down the indole-3-carbonyl effect. So it's better to just take it. So we'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. Indole-3-carbonyl, really nice and easy, can bind to estrogen excreted out of the body along with a liver detox. Now, many of you have heard of DIM. DIM can be used, but I recommend doing it while working with a practitioner because if you do too much DIM, you can actually go into an estrogen dominant state because of the feedback mechanism. So I've had many patients that have been on DIM for years, kind of like all y'all that are taking probiotics every single day because you heard it was good, right? should never be on probiotics every day. Don't use DIM unless you're working with a practitioner if you have high estrogen. So DIM is an option, a good liver detox, indole-3-carbonyl, and then, you know, progesterone. Um, We can use it in the micronized form, the prescription form. In younger patients, I mean, 20s, 20s, 30s, we can use Vitex Chaseberry. That is great at balancing progesterone levels because usually you're not quite in the tank. Usually you're just low progesterone, but not in that postmenopausal state. Even if you have PCOS, we can normally catch you with PCOS, bring down your insulin, and then increase your progesterone naturally with Vitex Chaseberry. So Designs for Health makes a great product called FemGuard Plus Balance. I use this with my younger patients that are experiencing heavy periods, PCOS. And I will still use this with my 40s and 50-year-old patients that are experiencing hot flashes. This works great for hot flashes. And that can come from low or high estrogen. So my hot flash ladies, listen up. And then it's on you to remove the xenoestrogens from your life. And there's a much longer list that would probably be another podcast entirely. But I do recommend you getting Estrogeneration by Dr. Anthony J. Listen or read it because there is a ton of information in there. He deep dives into this stuff. 
And you can literally go through his checklist and see what is still in your house, what's still in your environment that you need to get rid of or replace or choose something different. It might take a little bit of investing. It might take some money. It might take a water filtration system, but you got to do it to get out of that estrogen dominant state. Okay, so any questions or if you would like to book a free discovery call with me, I will put the link in the show notes as well. To do so, you can always go to my website at amyhorneman.com and click on book a call. So we jump on a quick call with myself or my lead team leader, Karen, and we will go over with you my services, how we work together and how we can get you optimized, get your life back, address the estrogen dominance and address getting your thyroid optimized. Okay, thanks for listening.